Welcome to Truth Triumphant Radio. I'm your host, Cody Mori, and we've been uh, gone for a little bit, been kind of on a hiatus for the last couple weeks. I apologize for that. You guys wouldn't believe, or maybe you would, um, some of the things that are going on right now. I ask for your prayers for the ministry, for Pastor Bill Hughes, Paul Prano, and myself. But we are back with the radio program. We want to be continuing it. The Lord's message doesn't stop. So we want to continue to look at some of the things that are impacting Adventism and Christianity, prophecy, current events, etc. And today, today I wanted to talk about something pretty positive. Well, it depends on how you look at it, really. I would say it's a very, very positive thing. And that is Ted Wilson's recent ASI meeting in Orlando, Florida, which is right near where Truth Triumphant Ministries is actually located. And in that ASI meeting, he actually stated that the beast was the papacy and that the mark of the beast, therefore, is the Sunday or the creation of Sunday and Sunday worship which in actuality it's really the Sunday law, but it's it's much closer. Um, so hey folks, you got to give credit where credit is due. Um, but just for the folks that don't know about these videos, there was videos that came out recently and actually this has been going on for some time. Originally, the clip that I've shown in the past has been from an ASI meeting in August of 2014. And in that meeting, in that meeting, it was a live panel discussion. Uh, Mark Finley was there, Rafferty was there. There was other big name Adventists there, and they all sat. Nobody corrected them. And basically, what was stated was that the mark of the beast is keeping of any other day besides Sunday. Now, this is something that Pastor Bill Hughes has been hitting on very much recently. Advent Messenger uh, and Andy Roman has been hitting on a lot too. I'm not sure um, as far as any others. I know myself and Paul Prano as well. So there's been, and there's been calls to action about it. And for the folks that don't know, I want to play you the clip again from the original 2014 ASI meeting where Ted Wilson said that Sunday... Um, or rather, the mark of the beast is not Sunday, but it is is uh, any other day besides the Sabbath. So here it is. And an attempt to actually change God's Ten Commandments so that the day of worship becomes one other than the seventh day Sabbath. And in fact, the mark of the beast would be the worship of God on any other day than that particular day because that is a sign of God's authority. In fact, let's contrast the mark of the beast with the seal of God because the seal of God for God's people in the last days will be their adherence, their love of him and their observance of the day which he has ordained and made sacred the seventh day Sabbath. So you are sealed with a special connection with him when you keep that day. 
anyone keeping a day other than that ultimately will be keeping the sign or the mark of the authority of the beast which has changed the day of worship to another day. Okay, so that's the first clip. So clearly you can see the problem there for anybody who is a, a true Adventist that obviously that that's not true. That's that's apostasy in in in, in plain terms. That's that's apostasy. That's a moving away from the true doctrines and, and the true way of, of how the Seventh day Adventist Church has always understood what the mark of the beast was, which is the Sunday law. What is the mark of the beast? It is the mark of the beast. So who's the beast? The beast is the Roman Catholic Church system. We've talked about the Jesuits. We've talked about the papacy, many things on this uh, program before. And because it is the papacy, it is the day of worship that they changed so that they claim the authority to be able to change the law of God. They removed the second commandment from the catechism and they place it side by side. They show you this is what the Bible says uh, uh, in Exodus. This is what the Bible says in Deuteronomy. And this is what we say. So they know what they're doing and they claim the authority and they claim the 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 historical event of changing, transferring the observance of the holy day of worship from Sabbath to Sunday. So the mark of the beast is the mark of the beast. So the beast is the papacy or the Roman Catholic Church system. And therefore, what is the mark of that beast? Well, their mark of authority, according to them, and we've read that on this show before, is their claim to authority, which is the Sunday of worship, rather than the true Bible Sabbath, which is the seventh day, Saturday. So that's the first video. And now I want to play the other clip for you guys on the reformed view of Ted Wilson, praise the Lord, um, where he says that the mark of the beast is Sunday. This was given uh, at a sermon for ASI again in Orlando, Florida, August 7th, 2021. So this just happened a couple of weeks ago and praise the Lord for it. Here it is. Well, let me just tell you straightforward and with kindness. Bible prophecy indicates clearly that the beast is the pigs. This historicist understanding was accepted by many Protestant reformers long before the Seventh-day Adventist Church existed. And of course, we also accept this teaching based on a careful study of scripture and history. Therefore, since the beast is the papacy, the mark of the beast is the keeping of the false day of worship, Sunday. following the beast who has set up his false day of worship. It is at that time that those who choose to keep Sunday will receive the mark of the beast. 
For the mark of the beast is the keeping of Sunday. Well, there you have it, folks. Uh, praise the Lord, a, ref a reformation in the general conference um, right before our very eyes. And folks, praise the Lord. Now, some uh, individuals undoubtedly uh, think that there might be some sort of nefarious uh, reasonings for why he said this and trying to lullaby people back to sleep or something like that. Let's not even go there. Let's focus on what's important here, and that is that the, the view has been corrected. And that's very, very important because the fact of the matter is that there has been calls and calls and calls and calls to action. And folks, I know many folks, I, there's probably many more that I don't know that have written letters, that have called Doug Batchelor and the general conference and told them about this issue and brought it before folks this is a perfect example this is a perfect example of the power of the laity of the power of when you and me come together for truth and put pressure upon the leadership to uphold that truth that they will do it. Now, whether or not there's individuals in our leadership that are weak or tares, whether it's conference or independent, that's not for any of us to say. We don't know that. However, what our job is to do, what we do know is Bible prophecy. We do know scripture. We do know the true doctrine. And we have a responsibility to uphold that doctrine. And folks, this is a huge victory. And this should be echoing in thunder tones in your ears about how much power people have when they stand up for God's truth. This undoubtedly, for a man in his position to change his view in this way. I don't think he's come out with a public apology as far as uh, the, the, the original teaching of, of Sabbath or the Mark of the Beast being any other day besides Sabbath. I don't, I don't know of, of that video. However, for an individual of his stature to do something like this, it's a huge step in the right direction and it's extremely rare, folks. And I just want to say, let's keep going. What's the next step? What is the next step? What should we be focusing on next in Reformation? Let's let the Reformation and revival take place. Let's seek the Lord. Ask him what the next step is. Do we, do we put pressure on getting out of these ecumenical meetings with the Antichrist power? Getting Diop out of those meetings. I don't, I don't necessarily mean firing him, but getting him out of those meetings, getting out of the quote-unquote interfaith meetings. These are things that I say that we continue, folks. We, we got to continue. We got to continue to seek the Lord and to continue this uh, revival and reformation. So I want to quote to you from Mrs. White. A very powerful quote, and I'm going to be doing a sermon this weekend 
on the shaking, the true church, and who survives the shaking. And um, so you'll see this quote again if you if you pay attention to that this week. But this is from Education, uh, page 57. It says this, The greatest want of the world is the want of men. Men who will not be bought or sold. Men who in their inmost souls are true and honest. Men who do not fear to call sin by its right name. Men whose conscience is as true to duty as the needle to the pole. Men who will stand for the right though the heavens fall. But such a character is not the result of accident. It is not due to special favors or endowments of providence. A noble character is the result of self-discipline, of the subjection of the lower to the higher nature, the surrender of self for the service of love to God and man. And folks, that's what we need right now. We need men and women she obviously she means mankind when she says men we need men and women who are willing to call sin by its right name not afraid to do that not afraid to to be accused of by people that oh you're destroying the church or you're speaking against the lord uh, lord's anointed and this and that john the baptist wasn't concerned with that jesus wasn't concerned with that when he spoke against the leadership in the temple. I, Elijah wasn't concerned with those things, and folks, neither should we. So we need to be those people that are willing to call sin by its right name. Now, I know there's a lot of us right now. I, I just know because I've been going through some things, and I know there's other individuals out there um, that I've spoken with over the weeks and months that they're they're going everybody's going through some tough times and if, even if you look if you look at the world right now and and you gotta you gotta understand i'm in florida so there's a lot more freedom here than than many of the other states but i can tell you that even with the freedoms that we have here in florida when you take the spiritual temperature of people and you look around and you really look at people you can see there's a lot of pain there's a there's depression there's anger I, I haven't seen people this angry before and it, it just seems to be getting worse the things that are going on folks the things that are going on we have to be able to read the signs of the times the things that are going on in Afghanistan these the pushing of the vaccines and vaccine mandates and people basically getting ready to lose their jobs to lose everything and folks we we may have to pay that price i would say whichever side of the coin of vaccines that you fall under whether you're pro or whether you're against just don't violate your conscience and i know that there's a lot of people that are going through a lot of tough times right now we are being sifted and tested and we have global movements going on. We just pulled out of Afghanistan. There were people hanging on to the plane, the last plane that went falling from the plane. 
We have lockdowns in New Zealand and Australia. Many places starting to do lockdowns again. It's just, it's getting, it's getting crazy. And, and the hope that many folks had that there would be a return to normalcy is dwindling. And it should be because it's never going to be normal again, ever. But folks, we got to remember who we are and who we are supposed to be. So who are God's people? Who are they supposed to be? Well, Ezekiel chapter 9 talks about it. It actually talks about a mark. This is a, a good mark. This would be the seal of God. But it's Ezekiel chapter 9, verses 4 through 6. I want to share with you guys. And I believe you will see this one also in the sermon if you check it out. It says, And the Lord said unto him, Go through the midst of the city, through the midst of Jerusalem, and set a mark upon the foreheads of the men that sigh and cry for the abominations that be done in the midst thereof. All right, so before we go on, folks, the folks that receive the mark upon the for their foreheads, or the seal of God in this case, this is God's mark, okay? Those are the ones that sigh and cry for the abominations that be done in the midst thereof. Now, not in their closet do they do this. They don't do this where no one can hear them. They are doing this by standing in the gap. How do I know that? Because you compare it with Isaiah chapter 58 and verse 1, where it says, Cry aloud, spare not, lift up thy voice like a trumpet, and show the house of Jacob their sins. Now, it goes on. It says, And to the others he said in mine hearing, Go ye after him through the city, and smite. Let not your eye spare, neither have ye pity. Slay utterly old and young, both maids and little children, and women. But come not near any man upon whom is the mark, and begin at my sanctuary. Then they began at the ancient men which were before the house. So there's two groups. There's those that sigh and cry for the abominations done in the land in a public manner. They are standing in the gap. They are saying something. They are pointing out the apostasy. They are, they are calling sin by its right name. Its right name. And then there's another group. They are warming the pews. They many times these are probably people that you wouldn't know um, are not true Christians. These are people that are not overcoming sin. They are people that maybe they tell you when you talk about some of this stuff. Maybe they tell you, yes, I pray about this all the time. But they're not actually doing anything. They don't have the courage to do something, to call out the sin, to say no further. What happens to them? Well, they are spiritually destroyed. They are smitten. Slay utterly old and young, both maids and little children and women. And where does it start? At God's sanctuary, at God's church. So folks, if, if you if you are one of these individuals who is being careless and indifferent at this time, careless means being sinful, indifferent means unwilling uh, to do anything, not willing to do God's will, and 
being selfish, really. So careless and indifferent. That's one group. And if you read in early writings, the other group, this you can find this on a firm, plan, uh, a firm platform. The chapter on called a firm platform. There were there's group there's a group of people that are anguishing before the Lord, and the demons are all around them trying to waft darkness over them, and the angels of of God are trying to 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 waft away the darkness, and the folks were, are trying to keep their eyes on Christ, and they're anguishing and, and struggling with all their might to overcome sin. And then there's the other group that are really complacent. They're careless, they're indifferent, and eventually Mrs. White says that the angels, their guardian angels, leave them, the careless and indifferent ones, and go to the ones that are anguishing. So folks, we have to be that group of people. We have to be that group of people that is willing to pour out our heart and souls before the Lord to let go of our sins truly let go of our sins folks it's not too late sometimes you get the feeling because everybody's got that that sin that they keep doing whether it's pornography or music or gossip or backbiting in some way everybody's got that one thing that just keeps coming back and they think God's must be done with me. Well, folks, that's not true. He's not done with us. He is calling us right now. There is still time, but the door is closing soon. Take a look around. The things that are happening around us, these are global movements that are going on. We are being bombarded with one calamity, one disaster, either of health or social or natural disaster and war. One thing after another, after another, after another. Folks, the curtain is closing on this world. So we have very small, short amount of time to do three things. First, we absolutely 100% need to be taking the eight laws of health very, very seriously. To be working towards those things and understanding that the physical impacts the spiritual. That when you're eating meat, you are, you are clouding your judgment and making it harder for you to overcome other sins. Caffeine, not getting enough sleep, not drinking enough water, not trusting in God, not exercising. Folks, every single one of the eight laws of health are so important at this time. And the reason why I list it first is because many, many times, the other two things I'm going to mention, the other two things many times are sabotaged in some way by a breaking of one of the eight laws of health. 
So starting there, the second thing, the second, and I'm with you guys on this. We're together and we're, we're together on this. These are things I need to be taking more seriously too. So first health, second, spending devotion time with the Lord every morning and not not reading because you think you gain some special power from it but actually seeking the Lord when you wake up in the morning that you're, you're getting on your knees and begging and being that group that anguishes begging God to help you overcome sin reading the Bible with with the aim in mind that you want to be taught that God has something special to tell you himself that day and that you're not relying on your own understanding but you pray that the Holy Spirit gives you understanding and enlightenment and equips you for the day your aim is to learn in order to apply to your life and to perhaps speak a word in due season to someone else now the third thing many times we think that this is the most important one and it is extremely important but the first two, if they're not done right, they sabotage this one. Now, the third thing, extremely important as well. We must give the third angel's message. We must give it. And what is that message? We've talked about it in depth. It is encompassing of the first and second angel's message it's pointing out the papacy as the antichrist power the mark of the beast as the sunday the coming sunday law and that you can keep the commandments through righteousness by faith because the, remember the chapter ends with those who keep the commandments of god and the faith of jesus rather than the testimony of jesus which is in uh, revelation chapter 12. so the faith of jesus means keeping the commandments through the faith of Jesus. In other words, righteousness by faith. So giving that message, giving that message to others, giving that message to family members, even if it hurts, even if you think they won't accept. Because if you read Ezekiel chapter 33, it says that the watchman on the walls of Zion must blow the trumpet. You must warn the wicked man that thou shalt surely die. And if you warn him, and they go on in their wickedness, then you will have spared your own soul or saved your own soul and his blood will God require at his own hand. But if you don't warn them, if you don't blow the trumpet and tell the wicked man that thou shalt surely die, that's not a message people want to give, but if we don't give that, then the wicked will die in their sins but his blood will God require at our hands. So it's so important, folks. Those three things, eight laws of health, not the six laws of health, not the five, not the 10. We don't add, we don't take away. We just take the eight laws of health and apply them. We spend that devotion time with the Lord. What that looks like specifically, it's a relationship but you will spend time reading the Bible and or Spirit of Prophecy. And it won't be a three-minute thing <laughs> before you go out the door. It will be an intimate 
thing where you're trying to be taught of God. And then lastly, give that third angel's message. Because as God is sifting us, and I believe he is sifting us right now, as he is sifting us, those who continue to be passionate about God and about his truth and about his message, eventually they're going to be entrusted with the loud cry. And the loud cry will fill the entire earth, what we call the fourth angel sometimes. And folks, if the laity was able by protesting, by standing up, by standing in the gap, by calling apostasy by its right name, to get even the general conference president to correct one of his errors, folks, imagine what we could do. Imagine what we could do on our knees before the Father, asking him for guidance. Let's keep the revival Let's keep the Reformation going, folks. Let's loosen ourselves from the things that are in this earth that are impeding our work and continue to keep our eyes on Jesus Christ. We're out of time. I'm Cody Mori, and you've been listening to Truth Triumphant Radio. God bless.